Hello and welcome to Club Cool. I am your host, Barrett Dudley. You are listening on Grandex Labs right now, and this is Grandex Media's newest podcast, and I am super, super excited about it. If you're here, there's a solid chance that you probably already know a little bit about me and kind of what I do at Grandex, and maybe you even have a little bit of an idea of, of what we're going to do here on this podcast. Uh, but since this is the first one, and there are certainly some listeners out there that probably don't know, uh, I'm going to break it down for y'all real quick. Um, I've been at Grandex for nearly five years, and my role has always been in product development. And that means everything from creative direction to supply chain management to working with manufacturers to helping design things, coming up with new products, building out the size specs. Um, so I'm a clothing guy, and I always have been. I've also done some acting at Grand X. The first things that I ever did here uh, were featured in some of our comedy shorts and sketches. Before this, I worked at Barney's. I did visuals and merchandising. I worked at a high-end boutique in Austin, Texas called By George, where I did sales and I even helped with some buying. Uh, and here at Grandex, I'm, I'm kind of known as the style and fashion go-to guy, the guru, if you will. Uh, you know, there's a lot. There, there are several dudes around here that like sneakers and clothing, and and as as this company has kind of gotten its hands into retail and the you know the businesses of that sort, I think everybody's kind of taken an interest. Uh, so it it just seems like a re- very natural fit to bring a podcast that kind of focuses on style and fashion here. Um, but as always, like I, I wear a lot of hats and I like to be multifaceted. And even though clothing and style is what I'm going to lead with here, uh, I've also got other things that I really, really like and I really want to talk about. So we are going to branch in to TV and film and we're going to talk about pop culture and we'll do a little bit about music and a lot of times that stuff is going to tie into the fashion and the style anyway. And I'm really kind of excited to just kind of see where those things intersect and break them down and and give you new perspectives on those things. Um, you know, we'll, we'll do mailbags. Uh, maybe you've read my columns on postgradproblems.com where I kind of answer your like general style questions. They can be broad. They can be specific. Uh, it can be, you know, what pants am I supposed to wear to this event? Or it can be, what trends do you foresee for fall 2018? Anything like that. So we'll do some of that here. Uh, I'll also talk about high fashion as well. You know, if Rick Owens is starts sending models down the runway with their penises hanging out, like, we're going to talk about that here because it's interesting. Uh, you know, Virgil Abloh gets appointed as the creative director to Louis Vuitton, we're going to talk about that stuff. So I, even if you don't know that world really well, I, I'm going to bring them both in and we're going to talk about them together. And even if you have a passing interest in it, I think it'll be really, really cool. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're going to talk about it all. And, and when we do talk about those other topics, we'll see if we can kind of tie it all together as well. Uh, all right, Club Cool. How did I arrive at this name? 
Okay, well, here at Grand X, there are kind of four of us that are really, really into various aspects of style and fashion. It kind of centers around sneakers and buying hyped up sneakers, um, you know, what's coming from Adidas, what's coming out from Nike or Yeezy. Uh, and this text group is myself. It's Phil Battaglia, who's one of our sales dudes here. It's Will DeFreeze of the Postgrad Problems and Touching Base podcast. And it's Ross Bolin, uh, noted host of the Ross Bolin podcast, which you might also listen to. And we basically just started like a text group to talk about, you know, who copped what, what we see coming out. Uh, then we moved it to a Slack group for, for easy communication during work hours. And I think at one point I just named it Club Cool just because we needed a name. And it was simultaneously kind of like tongue in cheek because, you know, yeah, the stuff is cool, but how cool is it if you call it cool? But it is cool. And, uh, <laughs> It just made sense, and it's it's kind of ironic, and it's got good alliteration. And then when I started designing like logos and possible merch opportunities for the podcast, it just made too much sense. Um, so, you know, I think it's tight, and pretty soon I think we'll 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 have some some sweet merch if you're interested. And the last thing that I want to say before we get into this first episode and before I introduce my first guest is if you like what you hear today please, please, please share it with your friends. Just send the link to somebody, uh, share it with people at work or a friend that you think likes clothing. Subscribe to Grand X Labs. Uh, put a review on there that you like this. Just you know, talk about it, get it going. The more listens that I get here, the quicker we can get Club Cool onto its own channel. Um, and you know, just word of mouth is awesome and I appreciate it you sharing it with uh with other people that would be interested um so let's jump in to my guest for the day uh you've probably heard me on a podcast with him before it's my oldest friend one of my oldest friends the host of the ross bolin podcast my co-host on oysters clams and cockles a game of thrones podcast it's ross bolin hello i'm psyched to be here Yes, I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry if that opening was long-winded. You've, I feel like you've been sitting over there for 20 minutes already, just I know, waiting to jump in. It just feels like that, but I haven't. <laughs> I haven't. No, I thought the intro was good. That was a good explanation. I mean... It won't be that long going forward. I just felt like I needed to, to kind of lay it all out there. Absolutely. No, you, you have to explain it. First episode ever, man. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Ross and I have been friends. I, I had to do some calculations, but it's, a, it's about night... 17 years now. Holy about seven, shit, 17 years. Well, actually, it's more like two decades because we started high school together at Westside High School in Houston in 2001. Hmm. So that's that's probably like when our friendship like really, you know, be, like came together. Sure. But we've known each other for even longer than that. Yeah, we played Little League together. We played Little League together. We were on Memorial Ashford Little League baseball teams either either competing or on the same team and it's funny because the introduction to you in little league where we went to different middle schools but we played at the same little league yes uh was when i first recognized that you were going to be style guy you were going to be my <laughs> friend that that knew all about clothes and the hottest shit that i needed to buy and and the, the reason for that was barrett 
when he'd walk up to the plate, would have like <laughs> dual Nike batting gloves, the newest cleats, the newest bat. Uh, he was just more swagged out than anybody else in Little League Baseball has ever been or ever will be. And uh, it's just escalated from there. Like through high school, you were like Abercrombie guy, right? I, 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 yeah. Uh, honestly, I feel better about my baseball style than I do about my high school style. Nobody feels good about their high school <laughs> style, though. Like, ironically, the two blended together because high school style for me was just wearing an a, a little league all star t all star all star. Yes, I can't talk. It's, it's, a, it's a mall t shirt. It's it a Memorial a, Ashford Little League t shirt. For it like was your favorite. You must have had years. ten of them. I wore it almost every day, and or a version of it almost every day, and it was that was all I had going for me. So. All right, so we yeah we played on different baseball teams for several years, and then probably around the time like I, I want to say it was like sixth grade, I got put on your dad's baseball team. Yeah, Coach Steve. Coach Steve, you probably if you listen to to Ross Bowen podcast, you've definitely heard about Steve. Yeah, um, it, we were the Chicago White Sox, and yeah, and this was I mean this was my time to shine, man. Like I didn't play baseball because I was good at it. I played at it. I played it because. So that I could get the fitted hat for the Chicago White Sox. Oh, yeah. And then the wristbands. And oh, then the yeah. batting gloves. And, like, matching cleats. I prob- I had, I was probably out on the field wearing Oakley M-frames and eye black as, like, a 12-year-old. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you looked like uh, a Major League Baseball all-star. And you played with the skills of a very average little, little leader. <laughs> yeah, I was an above-average fielder and just a god-awful hitter. There's actually, and I mean, we won't, we don't have to dig into the whole story, but Barrett had this thing where one game there was this monster. His name was Robbie Frost, and he hit puberty at like four years old. So he was like six feet tall when the rest of us were five feet tall. <laughs> and he was a pitcher, obviously, because he was huge and he could throw a lot harder than everyone else. And he pegged Barrett. What was it just like back to back at bats or something? Yes. And yeah. that was fucking it. Twice Barrett, in one game. Barrett was out on baseball. That it pretty much ended my baseball career, getting hit by pitches by Robbie Frost. It's traumatizing. I'm sure you still have PTSD from it. <laughs> but you looked great, and that's what but really I, matters. But I looked good doing it, and that is half the battle. You got you feel good, play good, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, but back to high school. Yeah, so I was I, I got voted best dressed in high school, but that that was just because I owned almost every single piece of Abercrombie clothing that they made. It was your closet was a thing to behold more than more than anything. I mean. Your closet now is certainly a thing to behold still, <laughs> but it's a totally different ballgame. Like now you're an adult and it makes sense that you have that you you're an adult that loves clothes. Mm-hmm. So you have a shit ton of clothes and, and but in high school, man, I just remember like there we spent a significant amount of time one afternoon like going through your closet trying to figure out the value of how much yeah, you, shit you yeah, had. Yeah, you and our buddy Thomas uh yeah, basically, you know, um audited my closet. And it was not a pretty picture. It was an embarrassing amount of, of, of Abercrombie and Fitch clothing. Yeah, and I don't remember the number exactly, but like, uh, let's just count for inflation and say it was 40 grand. <laughs> it was a fuckload of clothes, man. And it was, it, was, it was something. I mean, and I think that's important for people to understand about you, though. Regardless of how ashamed you should be of your high school style, because let's be real, it was awful. It, yeah. yeah. Uh, and again, I, I, I don't think that's your fault. I think that's just the way it goes. That was, I mean, that's always been a part of you. Like, style and fashion have always been a part of you. And surely, as time has gone on, you have, have, have found your uh, your bearings a little more than you had in high school. Because that's, again, how life works. But 
Yes. People and need to respect this about you. This yeah. isn't like some shit that you decided last week, oh, I'm going to care about clothing and style. It's always been right a pillar of you as a person. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I always like to try things, and that didn't go so well in high school, like we said. You know, I, I, I followed trends a little too closely. And look, we went to high school with a pretty... Uh, diverse demographic there were a lot of black kids yes we all loved hip-hop i wanted to dress like that and one time i bought like a double xl mitchell and ness throwback jersey you say one time but it wasn't (laughs) one time it was more than one time. i only owned one mitchell and ness the others were cheaper versions that like you know from champ sports and what you have to understand about that is we went to high school in the i guess the peak of the houston rap it was storming the national yes, scene where guys like Lil Flip, Paul Wall, Mike uh, Jones, Mike Jones, the Swisher House movement really yes. got its nationwide shine. And that had a great influence on not just how idiotic we dressed, but everything that we did. Like it, it became a, a big part of it. It's still a big part of me. I talk about Houston rap on a, on a fucking daily basis. So it's, you know, there's an excuse there. Do do you have do I have this right? Were you a were you early on the Birkenstock wave? Did you rock Birkenstocks in, in middle high school? school? Yeah, okay, uh, especially in middle school. Like I and, and you know what? In high school too, I wore I wore Birkenstocks for like six or seven years. Uh huh. Pretty much any time I wasn't like forced to wear shoes, I had Birkenstocks on. I guess it kind of fit like the your, your whatever stoner vibe you were cult- cultivating. I guess I think it was just they were comfortable and easy to put on. Okay, that was it. So we we talked about the mall T-shirt. The mo- that's if I say the mall, that's the Memorial Ashford Little League where yeah. Ross and I played played baseball played baseball together. Um, you would okay. You had this thing going where the collar of the Memorial Ashford Little League tee was like real stretched out and pulled down. Yeah, and then so you could see your like white undershirt right under that T-shirt. Just made it even worse. It, it, it was. That, Awful. Every photo of me from that time period of my life, I'm wearing one of those mall shirts, and I've got the collar stretched out, and I've got the white undershirt underneath it. And it's weird because I've found, as an adult now, I have like some understanding of it. Me stretching out those collars was all about anxiety, hmm. because I'll still find myself on occasion putting my collar, like a t-shirt, up over my face on my mouth or mm-hmm. whatever. And it's something weird with anxiety because I still have shirts that I'll stretch out the collar and I'm like, you fucking fool. You're a 31 year old man now. You can't keep making the same mistakes that you did when you were a child. But yeah, I looked like shit. Well, someday I'm I'm just going to I'm going to send a stretched out T-shirt over an undershirt down a runway somewhere and it'll all be credit to you. And it'll, God, just, I, it'll just be the latest fashion. I can't wait for that to be the wave because <laughs> I can ride that. Everybody knows it. Um. All right, so what what'd you do? How did how did things change when you went to college? Did you you pretty much rode the the frat wave, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean that that was something that you you know you and me both had to uh, endure. I think is is the best way of putting it because looking back on it, the way we dressed in college with the polos and the Brooks Brothers and the and the short khaki shorts and shit like. It, there's a reason that that's the wave everybody jumps on in college that's in a fraternity, and it's because it's easy, and it's been around for a hundred fucking years. It's very easy. It's it's kind of timeless. Yeah. Well, in a bad way. In a, yeah. Well, <laughs> in a way that that's how dads dress. Dress. But pretty there, much. It's just strange because there's such a significant difference to me. Like, surely somewhere along the way that whole frat style impacted where we're at now 
where dad fashion in some ways has become cool. We basically took the good elements, yeah, like the uh, structureless hats, mm-hmm. the tube socks, the the some of the more obnoxious, uglier looking shoes. Sure, those stuck around, but we lost like the polos and the right. the the shorts sort of blended their way into it too. Yep, it just we made it look cooler now. Yeah, and I think we we hit college you and i at like essentially i'm just gonna call it the frattiest moment because i i got the feeling that prior to us things were a little more laid back and like while we were in high school like maybe there was a little bit more abercrombie and fitch on campuses yeah maybe there were like it, it wasn't so old school dad with the you know with the shorter shorts and the Right. New balances and deck shoes. And, and like, I think it's regional too, though. Like, we for sure in Texas and then in the South as a whole, uh, like, for instance, people in California, they're not necessarily right. as familiar with what we're talking about because yep. they never got stuck on this wave. They got, they had a different wave. And it's like, we went all out. The whole fucking state of Texas. If you went to school in Texas and you were in a fraternity, you dressed like, you know, every single other frat guy in the fucking state based on how much of it you could afford. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Because there was certainly tears to it. The UT guys were wearing the nicer version of the <laughs> shit that we were wearing at Texas State. We were shopping at the outlet mall. So, I mean, some of them. We were definitely making our way down to the outlet mall as well. I mean, yeah, but you know what I'm saying. There Brooks was Brothers like, 365 had a lot of my money. There were then. levels to that shit. Y'all had it pretty much down pat at the highest level. And we were somewhere in the middle just trying to get by. And yeah, I mean, I don't... I don't what, I have a question for you. Do you think there will ever be a period in your life where you can look back at 10 years ago and like how you dressed? It, yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a really, really good question. Because it hasn't happened for me yet. And like based on what I'm wearing right now, I'm pretty confident that 10 years from now, I'm going to look back and hate myself again. <laughs> so it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep happening to me. I, I don't know if that ever changes. What, what I worry about for me is, like I, like I said at the, at the top, you know, I kind of like to try new things and like go out on limbs yeah. and, and hit the latest stuff and and just see what I can pull off. And in the moment, I usually feel really good about it. Right. And then, but you're right. It depends how it ages. It depends at how it ages. And yeah, I'm, I'm I'm of the opinion at this point. And I kind of actually touched on this a little bit last week on RBP that like fashion is so funny to me and so fascinating because it's essentially what can you get away with? Yeah. And what, what are you cool enough to make this look good? Right. And you have to push the envelope and try crazy shit to make that work like my my favorite recent example is James Harden at his MVP award ceremony he tried to pull something off that made him look like a piece of cattle uh on a farm he, he <laughs> it didn't work right but, but he went for it yeah and if nothing else it'll always you'll always have that image of your head that ties James Harden to the MVP award ceremony because of how stupid he looked on stage wearing what was essentially like a trench coat yep that made it look like it was in a made cow of, pattern. A cow pattern. Yeah. Uh, but you have to do shit like that if you want to stay cutting edge. Like you're going to look like an idiot sometimes. Sometimes. And you, you have will. to understand yeah, that. That's true. And, you know, and it, I think I'll look back and feel pretty good about most of what I wear. But then there are, there are certain things that you will wonder, like, how was that cool? I, I was I was at home this past weekend in Houston. And uh, I was like helping my parents clean out some stuff upstairs. And I found some old, old photos of my mom and dad from like from probably I think these were it was the early 80s. Okay, And they look 
cool. Right. They're they're well dressed. Like my, you know, these pictures of my mom with the, with their golden retriever could pop up on like outdoor v, outdoor voices Instagram feed is you and know just fit in as right. inspo, right? Like the short shorts and like a tucked in polo. Yeah. Uh, and my dad is kind of pretty much wearing the same thing. <laughs> right. Um, but my mom has like a massive blown out perm. So and, there's the one element that you just... And I've seen pictures of her before, like in the 60s and 70s, when she had like straight, normal, like Bob style hair, like hairstyle that would be almost popular today. Right. And it was so much better. The perm was such a bad, bad decision. <laughs> Mom, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but it was. She probably knows that, though, because there are always going to be, like, even if the rest of the look could be considered dope now, the hair was awful. Yeah, and, and I'm just, I'm one, always you know, you, you, you just wonder, like, how things like that got popular, and it's because people were trying new shit. Yep. They're just like, well, we're tired of the straight look. Let's Let's just see how frizzy we can make hair. Yeah, like in 30 years, if you go look back at every photo of every outfit that Russell Westbrook wore to every NBA game, you're going to think this guy was a serial killer. He was yeah. insane. This is nuts. But that's just the way it is. I just and and there's there's cyclical parts of fashion that come and go, and things are inspired by the 80. And it's all about like a select group of influencers up at the top of that pyramid who decide what looks they're going to roll out, and then it trickles down to all the plebeians like me. Yes, and what seems to have trickled down the most now is sneaker culture. Yeah. That's what, like, that is the wave that is carrying not only male Instagram influencers, but also, like, the general population that has a has an interest in this stuff as well. Right, because it, it's so accessible. Yeah. It is. I mean, in some ways, it's... A version of it is accessible to everyone in every weight class of of society. Yeah, and 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 I mean, I think it's, I think it is what's shaping, like, well, it's certainly shaping youth culture as well right now. Oh yeah, which I think will eventually hit the colleges as well. Like, I saw a kid in Whole Foods a, a few weeks back, um, and he was, I mean, he had like your prototypical frat swoop, right? Like he was almost definitely a freshman or sophomore in college and he had on like short khakis and white tube socks but then his t-shirt was like an oversized anti-social social club tee <laughs> and he was wearing the sean Wotherspoon air max 97 like the corduroy the multicolored corduroy 97 and right. one like mixed up air max that kid makes out with chicks like a shoe that resales for five or six hundred bucks yeah that's just a westlake kid Uh, yeah maybe he wasn't even in college yet but but or it's a kid that went to westlake and now he's at ut or some shit yeah but but he they are like those two things are cross-pollinating because absolutely because the sneaker influence is hitting everybody and that's kind of what i'm talking about with the it's funny we chose elements of like the frat culture which is just dad right it's just dad fashion is what that was that stuck and we're mixing it with like sneaker culture and and i think you're right like the sneaker stuff at this point seems to be like when i go to pick out my outfit for the day the first thing i pick is the shoes and what then shoes i like build wear? around that yeah, like right that's the thing that influences what i'm gonna wear and i think that's it definitely seems like it's the most influential piece of uh, fashion culture at the moment so i mean i remember in high school i think we all kind of liked shoes uh we would stop by foot action or whatever right. like 
pick up new Nikes. I I feel like I remember you having this pair of God. They were Chris Webber somethings. They might have been and one. Oh, they were like metallic and black. They were and dadas. Dadas. Yeah. And they were <laughs> they were so bad. They had like a spinner on the That's, side. Okay. Of them, I think. Dadas is the brand that did the spinner on the shoe. Very horribly ugly. But yes, but in for 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 the modern day, what do you recall? Like what brought you into like hype sneaker culture? Oh, dude, the, okay. Well, what brought me into hype sneaker culture was Kanye. Okay, as an adult, like that's what brought me back. But yeah. it was always something that I that was like part of me. Even I mean, when I was in middle school. All of the first pairs of of sneakers I owned are shoes that I wish I had right now. Yeah, like all those Jordans. Yep, they were they weren't ugly. They weren't Dada's. They weren't me forcing some dumb shit in high school. Yep, they were legit and they were fucking incredible. And that's where like my initial, I guess the seed was planted for like my obsession with shoes that has now become a serious addiction and a problem. <laughs> but that faded for a while because I didn't know what I was doing. And like we talked about in college, I just wore boat shoes or sandals every day. I didn't give a fuck. Yep. So then when I was able to get back into it as an adult, when Kanye at Nike started making the Yeezys, it brought me back. Yeah. And that whole wave built off of him. Yeah. For me, because I'm a huge Kanye fan. So it like that was easily the the, big, the biggest influence on me. Well, where, where sneakers are now with the... Everybody from Nike and Adidas to like Diodora and Puma are doing right. these hyped up exclusive drops. Like the the level that that's at now, that has to be attributed to Kanye, right? I I have a hard time with people who fail to recognize that because, like for instance, when Nike dropped Kanye, when they couldn't get to an agreement and they refused to give him full creative control or whatever, yep. I will never understand how they made that mistake, especially considering that Nike has essentially an unlimited amount of money. Yep. And Adidas was like, uh, okay, we'll give you literally anything you want. The fact that they didn't recognize the impact he was going to be able to have is astounding to me. Uh, Nike, yeah. Uh, Adidas has slowly been encroaching on Nike's market share for a, for around the past five years. Five years, yeah. They've, they've been making strides. I mean, heavy strides. And even though. though Nike is still like very, very dominant. I think at one point, I think before the Kanye transition... Uh, Nike in, had like ninety percent of the yes. U.S. sneaker market. It's insane, and I think I think they're down to like seventy now, which is which still, is a but that's a which is clearly they're the heavyweight and probably and will be for the foreseeable future. But to give Adidas that much back is a lot by losing, and I that's by losing Kanye. That's that's and it, you can try to dance around it any way you want. You can try to make it about the Ultra Boost. But the Ultra Boost wave doesn't happen unless Kanye is seen wearing the Ultra Boost. Yep. That's the thing that I have a hard thing. Like, people don't want to give that man the credit he deserves because they don't like him. Right. And that's okay. I understand. But to, to, to pretend that somebody else in any way, shape, or form could be named the number one most responsible person for all this is insane. Yeah. It's him. I, I mean, and he was, even in the Nike days, like this is a dude that could wear a hoodie by a no-name brand that nobody had ever heard of, and that hoodie would be sold out for the next six months. Yeah, you'd see it on eBay for like twenty-five hundred bucks the next. Like day. these little brands couldn't make enough to keep up with the Yeezy effect. And he's exactly what I'm talking about when I say there's a very elite group of people that shape all of this fashion shit, 
and so it's essentially what their tastes are are the ones that that become what it's all about and he's one of them it crazy as it is that's the world we live in today where Kanye West it, at least you know maybe it's starting to fade a little bit now but for the last five years he's been the most influential person in I guess mainstream fashion right yeah I it, it's an inter- it's an interesting point because for sure on the shoes yeah but what why have why have the clothes not taken off i mean we're both big big kanye fans yeah apologists whatever you want to call us sure. like I, I mean i, I don't th- even apologize anymore it just is what it is <laughs> um and and we'll we'll talk about like 2018 kanye in a minute but okay. but I, why did the clothes not take off for you? Here's what's interesting to me about his clothing stuff and high fashion in general. You never see anybody wearing the stuff from the runway, right? Right. Ever. That's just not the way it works. What you do end up seeing is some version of it. Like starting a few years ago when Kanye started going with the the baggy or the t-shirts that were cut, like the t-shirt I'm wearing now, mm-hmm. the sleeves that were cut uh, differently than sleeves we were familiar with before that, that turned into basically the shirt I'm wearing. Like this is a Buck okay. Mason t shirt. Yeah. So you don't I don't have the ability or the the desire to go full Kanye right. and be wearing a three hundred dollar trash bag as a t shirt <laughs> or whatever it is that he's got going on. But I will wear something inspired by that. And that's where it gets weird to me. Is like nobody's buying the Yeezy season eight clothes. Yeah. They're they're not. But you see the influence of those clothes elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. So that's I don't know how it works for him, but I know how it works for me. I, I do, he he's always talked about wanting to make his stuff accessible to the masses, right? And and the shoes are 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 getting there. They are. Um, but the but he he hasn't achieved that with the clothing, and I don't understand why his team at Adidas and the team behind him didn't start with like kind of a, a a more mainstream Adidas collaboration. Yeah, I don't I don't know. And it's funny because Adidas has taken a totally different approach with some of their other big name stars. James Harden is a good example. He has made himself these little clothing lines. They do these James Harden collections of of, you know, mostly athletic shorts and shirts and such. It's pretty yep. simple stuff. Right. But it is accessible yep. and I own some of it. Well, and then and then they gave him the collaboration with a, a with another Adidas Diffusion line that's higher priced, the Y three stuff. Yes. So it's like you you can do you can do both, and I just at the peak of the Yeezy hype, like I don't know why they didn't just come in at a at a a more reasonable price point, even if it was a seventy dollar t shirt. Yeah, because the shit, the prices he's charging for his stuff, even like even the stuff that's not part of the Yeezy collection, even just the tour stuff, right. Is unreasonable. Yeah, yeah. It's unreasonable. It's not. Yeah, um, and, and man, I mean, it's it's a different conversation for a different day. But the but what Kanye has done and what Vir- his creative director Virgil Abloh has done, it like Virgil killed clothing, and Con- yeah. and Kanye never really figured it out. At least it like I, he totally has been an influence on the way that, thing, that things look in clothing. But sales wise, you're not way, seeing people wear his shit. His shit, nah. He never, re- he never really figured it and out. And I, I think that's just a matter of it being he's got his hands in three different, four different ball games at this point, and it's really, really, really tough to dominate in more than one space. Which is why 
I think you could make the argument that, I mean, it's a little different in 2018, but I think you could make the argument in like 2016, 2015, he was dominating shoes, not so much music anymore. He, he, and then the whole, the, the clothing line, I don't even know where to put that. Yeah. It, it's just a thing he does, the clothing line. I wonder how much money, because you know he was in debt for a little while. Yep. I wonder how much of that is as a result of him just dumping millions into the clothing, into the clothing line. And then not having a way to re- I think that get was, that money back. I think that was a lot of it. Um, you still pay attention to Nike, or do you kind of fall harder onto the Adidas side still? I, I fall on the Adidas side still, but over the last... 12, 24 months, I have begun to realize leaning on one brand only is a terrible idea. Uh, it was easy to go all in on Adidas with the Ultra Boost and the Yeezys taken off at the same yeah. time, and they got a lot of my money as a result. But it's insane to write off Nike. Yeah. You have to have, you can't just go all in on one brand. So you, you need other shit. Here's what I, here's, okay. So Ultra Boost was super hot. The Yeezys, hottest shoes in the game. And I never thought that Adidas capitalized on basically what they call like downstreaming. And so you and I always like wonder, like, why don't they just make more of the good shit so that we can all buy the good shit? Right. And not only does the, does hype drive demand and it keeps things cool, but what these brands like Nike and Adidas hope to do is that you won't be able to get the Yeezy or you won't be able to get the off white Jordans and then you will look at the stuff that you can get and buy something from there. And I, that's certainly part of the strategy, but it can't be the whole strategy. And I don't, I don't, that's one of the things about fashion that has always fascinated me is how they make that determination about the balance of what's available yeah. to everyone. And clearly Adidas knows what they're doing. It has worked. Clearly Nike knows what they're a billion dollar company, but it is so frustrating as as a consumer right to see something like with nike i definitely have my eye on them now like i've got the sneaker app on my phone i'm always checking their new releases and shit but the problem is i can never get any of the stuff i want so i've started to it's almost like i'm not even watching it as a consumer anymore i'm just watching it just to see what's it's like entertaining to me well and and yeah but and what i think personally is like i would i'd i'd miss on an ultra boost or i'd miss on a yeezy and then i'd be on adidas.com looking for something right and i and they're just like i'd basically end up looking at the 80 dollar gazelle like they're adidas original stuff yeah and i never i i feel like they have had a hard time creating the kind of like that that secondary mainstream hit and when i'm on nike it i do i mean and god they've got so like just a bigger arsenal of resources and cash and design and archive and everything they're pumping out new shit so so, so i i for me i would find more stuff through nike on like that on that downstream side where i'd be like okay well i missed on the off-white air jordans but i was just able to cop like the bread toes or i missed on such and such but Air Max 98s are coming out in a bunch of dope colorways. Like I'm gonna, that's what I'm gonna get. And I think that's the big difference between the two. Still, is that Adidas doesn't have the bandwidth to do as much as Nike is doing because Nike's been around for so long and they have as much money as they have, and they're Nike. And it, I mean, come on, that's like the most recognizable brand in the whole fucking world, is it not? Uh, they, I don't know if Adidas will ever be able to catch up in that regard. And that's in, in terms of that downstream shopping. Nike has a massive foothold. Do you think, of, Nike.com 
hitting men's shoes, I'm going to find something I could buy right, right. now. Yeah, totally. Adidas, eh, probably not. Yeah. Um, I think Adidas needs to capitalize quick because I'm not sure how long Yeezys have necessarily. Yeah, it's a weird road. We're, I know you're 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 in on the desert rats right now, which I which I do like. I like a lot, but yeah. the the latest release, the black ones, sat. It was the first Yeezy I've ever seen sit. Well, they're truly awful. You could go to Yeezy Supply like two hours after the drop and just pick them up. I've never seen. I've it. never seen that. Before. I, you were getting straight in. You could I, like I normally during a Yeezy drop, I'm sitting there on my computer like, please for the love of God, let me in. I I just want to give you my money. Let me give you my money. Yeah. And with that one, I was like. I don't even know if I'd buy these if they were 80 bucks. Like, those are just hideous shoes, man. That's a bad colorway. All black in these just doesn't work for me. Yep. But, I mean, I'm wearing the blush ones right now. Um, And they're tight. Did you pick those up on, on resale? The blush ones, yeah. Okay. And they were only like 20 bucks over retail. That's, well, that, yeah. So, again, the I mean, it's, it's a weird balance game because he's making them more available. Yep. But also, in particular with the Desert Rat, with the 500... Less people like them. I think it has to be something that you grow into. I hated them when they first came out. Yeah. And then they slowly grew on me. And finally, when the, the Super Moon Yellow came out, I was like, fuck it. And I pulled the trigger. <laughs> and the second I put them on, I was like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> I, I knew I was done. And I knew I was going to get another pair. They're so comfortable, dude. Yeah. And they're cool. And I like them because they are different and because we saw... Uh, the 350 is oversaturated at this and point. And this is an example of like, what What are those the gigantic dad shoes you have? The Balenciaga Triple S. So that's an example of like, I can't, I couldn't do the Balenciaga Triple S. Uh, not just from a price point, from like a, I wasn't going to pull that off. Yeah, they're, they're impossible to pull off. I don't pull them off. I just think they're tight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they are. They are. Like, that's, a, that's an example of something I could look at and I was like, I dig what's happening here, but it's not for me. I would argue that the Desert Rat, the 500 Yeezy, is my iteration of that. It's exactly. the version that yep. works for me. Yeah. Uh, very possible that that is one of the photos I look back on in 10 years and wonder what the hell I was, I, I was doing. And Why well, you uh, have clown shoes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, these days, you can practically get anything you want on demand, right? Just like our podcast, you can listen whenever you want, whenever it's convenient for you. Did you know you can even get postage on demand? All you need is stamps.com. With stamps.com, you can access pretty much all of the services of the post office right from your desk. At your computer, you go to stamps.com. You can buy and print real U.S. postage for any letter, any package. It's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You just click, print, mail, and you're done. Here's the thing. Stamps.com will even send you a digital scale, which is usually the hardest part because you want to know how much that package or letter weighs. They're going to send you the digital scale. You can weigh your letters and packages and print the exact amount of postage every time. Um, I use stamps.com. I sell things online. We're sitting here talking about clothing. I've got a lot of it. Sometimes I have to, I sell stuff that I'm not wearing. And stamps.com is extremely easy to use. Uh, I just put the shirt or whatever, or the pair of shoes in a box that I'm selling, put it on that digital scale and click print and ship. You don't waste any money trying to guess, like over guess the way to your package. Uh, if you want to try this right now, you can use code LABS for a special offer. It's a four-week trial. It includes postage and the digital scale. Don't wait. Go to stamps.com. Before you do anything else, click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and then type in, type in LABS. It's as easy as that. Stamps.com 
and enter labs. All right, and we're back. Um, okay, part two. We're going to jump in to some mailbag questions from you guys. Ross is going to stay and help me answer these. Nice. Uh, some of them are, are perfect for, for him to, uh, to chime in on. Um, if you sent me an email with a mailbag question or, uh, or an Instagram DM and I haven't gotten back to you, I'm probably going to answer it here. I'll, I'll try to let you know that I'm going to answer it here. But some of these m- might be a few weeks or a few months old. Uh, if you have a question or a topic that you want me to touch on, you can direct message me on Instagram, at me on Twitter, or you can send me an email. It's barrett at grandex.co. Um, let's jump right in. Okay, Pat was emailing me recently. He's on a student budget. He wants to look cool, casual, uh, but you know doesn't have like a ton of disposable income to, to, to blow. Any brands, style tips that you'd recommend? My number one recommendation for anybody that's especially because he said cool and casual the buck mason as a t-shirt company has been so huge for life-changing for you because i'm 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 a t-shirt guy i love wearing t-shirts but i don't always want to have a graphic tee on and by that i mean a t-shirt with a big graphic on it i don't mean a fucking yep mma style uh you know what i'm saying yes so Buck Mason is super cheap and affordable. It's very high quality. It's got like a more stylish cut than your normal everyday t-shirt mm-hmm. is going to have. It's not just the flat bottom. It's got the, I don't know what you call this. Barry. So it's a, it's a curved hem, there which I think re- works depending on how you want to wear them. You can, you can go either or like if, because if you're doing like regular shorts and kind of casual or like prep your sneakers, I think I like the flat hem better. But okay. if you're going for more like athleisure, joggers or athletic shorts or you know like per, you know adidas or nikes like which is pretty cur- much what i have yeah on every the curve them kind of yeah. kind of works works yeah too. and actually barrett credit needs to be given where credit is due you are the one who introduced me to buck mason uh as is the case with many of the things that i end up <laughs> adopting and running with but dude i love this shit uh and they have the they have shirts that aren't the curved him they have yeah. the regular yep. ones too and just in general I, I could not more highly recommend a T-shirt, and it's not just that they're great when you get them; they're great after a wash or five. Yeah, they maintain, and they're like I said, affordable, and they will make you look a little bit more like you're doing something than just an everyday T-shirt will. Yeah, um, my recommendations. I, I pretty much for for anybody that's like at that student level, I, the go-to is always J Crew, and I know that they've struggled kind of over over the last few years and and they've had some changes but they're still doing very good stuff that's like very easy to wear and right. looks and is an upgrade over like your standard like college attire sure. um they also have not really abandoned their sale model so they're just constantly running anywhere between 20 and 40 percent off so it's another like really good spot i'm like a big fan of their nine inch chino shorts it's just like flat front chino comes with a little bit of stretch a bunch of good colors um they do good short sleeve button downs which is kind of all the rage right now um it's a great place to start and then for another another brand that does like just kind of elevated basics is everlane um they were one of the first companies to kind of jump on the direct to consumer model for clothing everlane everlane and so you know you you'll find here that's where you'll find like cashmere sweaters for a hundred bucks that are 
essentially as good quality as as you'll get in a department store okay or t-shirts from anywhere from like 18 to to 30 bucks uh they kind of do a little bit of everything it's all like really really wearable neutral colors stuff that is not too trendy but is still on trend basically and affordable yeah and very affordable my my style tip would be to convince barrett to put out like a weekly or monthly <laughs> newsletter that where he handpicks shit for you because like as an example uh we, we live in austin texas we're, we're from houston texas it's not we don't have winter very often but when we do i never have a jacket or a winter i don't have winter clothing it's always a, a disaster for me so barrett showed me this banana republic jacket that was i still can't get like it was like 30 fucking dollars or something <laughs> man it was like it was i swear it was like between 30 and 60 dollars it was super cheap and I've had it for like three or four years now, and I love it, and it looks great, and nobody in the whole world would ever know how cheap this thing was, or that it's Banana Republic for that matter. So I think if you get the eye for it, like you have obviously, mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily something that I have, but I don't need to because I have you, uh, it's so huge to be able to go and pick from clothing lines, things that work and are on trend even if they're cheaper in a brand that you might not necessarily shop. Because I don't fucking shop at Banana Republic. Yep. But I love this jacket. Yeah. So you need to do that for these people. Um, one last thing that I'll, uh, that I'll mention just for anybody out there that's like not trying to put a ton of money on their credit card. Check out try.com. Try.com, it's, a, it's like a, it's a, it's a, a widget for Chrome, basically. Okay. And they've got a bunch of different sites. And you, you, they basically pay for you to order something from these sites and then you have seven days to try it huh. once it arrives to you and then you just send it back if you don't want it and you never get charged and if you do ke- and if you do keep it uh they they, they charge you for it how, how come i how co- like for instance i've never heard of this yeah and this looks like it's an incredible business model well it's it Use it responsibly because obviously it's very dangerous because you're like, oh, I, I've been wanting to try try that. I'll just I, I'll just try it, and then you don't send it back, and you and you bought it, and you I'll might just try not. It. It. Yeah, dot com. <laughs> it's like uh, I could see this has probably been a problem for you. Uh, I, yeah, it wasn't great. I yeah. don't. Use, I, I personally do not use it anymore because it's too dangerous. Because my my taste is out of control. But yes. if you want to like try some stuff from wherever, Zara, J Crew. There's a lot of good spots. That's a good ASOS, option. I think, is another option. Um, okay, we got Joseph. We've got Joseph. Um, he just got all white Ultra Boosts, and he doesn't know how to wear them because okay. his style is kind of on the preppier side, maybe a little bit more traditional. And these are kind of like, I don't know. How, how do you, when you break into that Ultra Boost game, and right. your style is not forward like like what's what's the best way to wear them it's funny because i think a lot of people are like i love those even if they're ultra boost which which are super simple shoes these are not crazy flamboyant complicated sneakers they're they're very straightforward running shoes but they're a little flashier than i think people are used to especially if you get the triple whites Mm -hmm. uh and people are scared of that or they don't think they're cool enough to pull them off and that's nuts to me. You could wear those with literally anything. Yeah. And as long as you are not dressing like a total idiot, they're gonna look good. Yeah. It, you know, if you're dressed like a, if you're doing that whole pretty, pretty preppy, you know, khaki shorts and and polo thing or whatever, dude, just put on the ultra boost and throw on some tube socks and you're straight. Like yeah, it's they, over. They actually 
do blend in really well with a, a pretty like traditional wardrobe like dylan has right. some ultra boosts that are like white and blue right and he's mostly like a golf polo and khaki shorts type of guy on like the day-to-day yeah yeah and ultra boosts work perfectly well with what he with, with what he rocks i'd say this the one area where dylan uh fucks up is with the socks if you're gonna get low pro socks mm-hmm. get low pro socks that you can't fucking see okay if they're popping out the sides you you're like you just look like you don't know what you're doing Either get low pro socks that you can't see at all, or embrace the fucking sock game, which is something that I have recently learned how to do, and it's becoming an issue. Now I'm just buying socks all the time, <laughs> but you got to go one way or the other, man. You can't have low pros that are also visible. You just look; it doesn't look clean. You're taken away from the shoe. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, and then let's get another question for you. What shorts do you wear, Ross? I, I Cam has super skinny legs. And he needs to know about shorts that will look good on chicken legs. Oh, this is tough, man. Just because I don't think there's an answer to it. You can't, if it's, if you're trying to make your chicken legs look less chickeny, <laughs> you are never going to win. And I say this as a guy who has some of the most flagrant chicken legs in the entire world. Like sometimes my legs in pictures will look offensively skinny. Like there's something wrong with me or like I've been photoshopped. Just embrace it because if anything, now more than ever, like if I don't know if you saw the whole photo shoot Kanye did to promote the Desert Rats, uh-huh. it was like all models with with chicken legs, <laughs> and I don't mean like just they were skinny because they're models. I mean no calf muscle, yeah. no calf definition whatsoever. Like you're okay right now. This is a safe time to be a guy with chicken legs, and we just had the first ever Chicken Leg Pride Month in June. We're we're on a good we're in a good place as a people. Just, imp- I mean, you're going to look dumber if you're wearing shorts like I am right now, which is like basketball shorts. You're going to look more chickeny. Okay. So I'd say shorter is probably shorter, the way to I go. Shorter, I think, is better. Yeah. I, and I think, the, I think the length is more important than like necessarily the the width. Right. Because you can you can do like a blousier soccer short type fit with chicken legs and it still works. As long as they're shorter. As long as they're shorter. Yeah. But if you get too long... Then even if you're tailored, even if you got a slim short, you're, that's still that's going to bring more attention to them anyway. Yes, and like you said, shorts shorts are hot right now. They're essentially they're having kind of the uh, the the yoga leggings moment, right? For women, like that women had, right? Where they're suddenly just acceptable at almost any time and place, right? Which is fantastic and for me. That's kind of happening with in, in menswear right now too. Like shorts are more appropriate than ever, basically. It's weird because like for almost when, any occasion when when I finally started to get my shit together and kind of find my groove fashion wise over the past few years and and like I feel like I've found what I really like and I wear what I like and I'm really comfortable with it. Uh, I got deep into like joggers and figured out pants that worked for me. And in the winter, I love that because obviously as a dude with chicken legs, it's super great to hide them mm. or to use them in a way that makes them look good, like with joggers. Yeah, look good with joggers. So when winter ends. And it's 140 degrees outside in Texas. I'm always like, fuck me. Like, the day is coming where I have to put all my pants away and I have to go shorts again. So honestly, Barrett's answer is much better than mine. I, I, I still haven't come to a point where I'm like, I figured out how to wear shorts in a way that doesn't call too much attention. But I, it's, you just embrace it. I mean, if you I got don't skinny care legs, anymore. you got skinny legs. I don't right? care anymore, man. Yeah, I'm yeah. not trying to worry about... 
I, I shorts I pick shorts that I think look cool and that feel good and that's it I don't worry about what they make my legs look like because my legs are gonna look like shit no matter what or if you're a chicken leg enthusiast like I am I think they're fantastic I want to answer one more thing this dude Joseph asked about keeping those those triple whites clean yes I every every day now I get hit up by somebody who's like dude I love all your shoes because I always put them on social media mm-hmm. how do you keep them all looking like they're new or relatively new Another tip, I believe Barrett or our buddy Phil, who Barrett mentioned as one of the four guys in the office who's obsessed with shoes, hit me with a tip. JasonMark.com with two Ks in Mark. They sell these little like 20 packs or 40 packs of quick wipes for your shoes. If pretty much what you do is you wear your shoes and just don't jump around in mud puddles, (laughs) if you're just wearing them like for a normal use. Yeah, that's smart. That's a good first step. Yeah, stay away from mud. Uh, if you wear those triple whites and you get home, take one of those packets out, rip it open, and do a quick one over on both shoes, and they will maintain for so much freaking longer than you would imagine. Now, at some point, if you get into a spot where your triple white ultra boosts are not able to be saved by a Jason Mark quick wipe, mm-hmm. it's fucking amazing what the washing machine <laughs> can do for you. I, I'm still amazed by this. Washing machine or, I, I think Will has put his... White dishwasher in the dishwasher too, which is I'm still haven't done that because there's something like I have like a mental block. Yeah, <laughs> I just don't feel I feel like they're gonna get shredded in there. I don't if, know if why. you do the if you do the washing machine though, put them in like a pillowcase or something. It, oh, and put like 18 white towels in there. With yeah, it too. right. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you yeah you don't want them getting fucked up, and they will get fucked up if you don't do what Barrett just said. So, but I'm just like I for example I wore a pair of Ultra Boost to ACL to mm-hmm. Austin City Limits because I was just like fuck it i want to look you want to look fly at acl sure and uh when i got home i was like man these might be beyond saving (laughs) like they might have to become running shoes like real running shoes for me that i run in uh twice a year or whatever and then i put them in the washing machine and they came out the other side like almost brand new yeah after stomping around in grass for three days smoking weed and spilling food all over them and shit so (laughs) the washing machine can save your ass man uh ross i I know you got to go last thing before you hop off uh I'm all about shopping. I love to online shop. Tell me something. What's like at the top of your wish list right now? It can be shoes, clothing. It doesn't even have to be one of those two things. Just what are you, What what's the tab that's open in your browser right now that you keep coming back to and just be like, man, I'm going to pull the trigger soon. Mine is tough because, and it's going to make me sound like a dickhead and a snob, but like I'm pretty much my next big purchase that I want to make is a pair of the off-whites. That, so I've been on StockX like okay. ra- rabidly. Which which ones? I, there's a several pairs that I that I that I would get okay. if they come to a price that I think is reasonable. Mm-hmm. But there, some dude, a few a few of my favorites are over a thousand dollars, and that's just yeah. not going to happen right now. Yeah. Like I'm I'm just I can't. I'm married. I'll get divorced <laughs> if I if I spend over a thousand dollars on a pair of fucking tennis shoes. So, but that's where I'm at. Like in terms of clothing, I'll be honest with you. I've I've gotten a little complacent over the past couple months since summer has begun it's just so fucking hot yeah it's the last thing i'm thinking about is like how can i update my wardrobe at the moment but i need to get to that i need to get back to that (laughs) soon too because it's like i found it you know you know when you get to the point where you're well you don't know this but normal people do (laughs) where you've started to wear something too often yeah where you put it on again and you're like it's only been two weeks this isn't good yeah i've hit that point and uh i i need to get with you probably off mic to figure out what my next move is but as far as my next purchase that i'm waiting on to pull the trigger 
is for sure some off whites, dude. There's some of them are so clean. They really, yeah, they are. But they're so fucking expensive. <laughs> it's it's absurd. like the the hideous like the ones that I don't like are seven hundred dollars. Yeah, and that's just it's tough. I'm not there. I'm not there. Yeah, financially. Well, so, uh, uh, yeah. hopefully this this particular podcast, Club Cool on Grand X Labs, will bring us a bunch of plugs. We need shoe plugs like nobody's business. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll get hit up by somebody who's like, dude, I could be your shoe plug. And I'm like, sick. How would this work? And they're like, well, I work at Adidas at the mall. <laughs> and I'm like, you're not a shoe plug, buddy. You're just another guy that works at a shoe store. And for for the love of all that is good and decent, if you are a legitimate shoe plug, please hit me and bear it up because we need you. And I'm not trying to go through StockX every time I want a shoe that's like unavailable to the general public. Yeah. Oh, the Travis Scotts are dirty too. The Jordan 4s? Yes. Yes. Yeah, want those. I tried for those. Missed. All right, Ross, we'll let you go. No, you got a meeting to run to. I'm going to finish up with a couple more questions and uh and then we'll say our goodbyes here. Thank you for having me. Of course. I very much appreciate and it. And I'm sure that we will bring you back on at some point. Um You better. It would be very hurtful if you didn't. You know, you, uh, there's there's a lot more that we can talk about. We just ran out of time today. Well, y'all have fun. All righty. Um just to kind of segue from the sneaker talk that we were just having, uh, Igor asked me, what are the best white sneakers for summer? Um, there are so many options out there for white sneakers. So I'm just going to give you like some personal, some personal notes that I have, which are basically just my own personal biases. I, I actually don't love sneakers that are just strictly white. I need like some type of contrast on that shoe. The only solid white pair of shoes that I have are actually Yeezy Boost 350s. And I think I've worn them like two times total since I got them last year. Um, For summer, you want something light. You want something breathable. And it's hot as hell. You'll be sweating. You'll probably be like hitting patio bars on the weekend. So you you also, summer is also a time when you want like a shoe that you're more okay with like scuffing up. So I, I would basically look at like your canvas options from Vans, Converse, uh, Vans, like either like a classic slip on or the old school or the Vans era. Um, and then I, I'll give a personal recommendation to for a Converse All-Star, but not your typical, just your regular Converse All-Star. There is a more expensive version that has a smaller, it's like a little bit. The silhouette is just like slightly cleaned up and it makes them look so much better. The sole is slightly thicker. The little toe cap is just a little bit smaller. Uh, If you want to check them out, just search for Converse 1970s. And that the the, the 1970 Chuck Taylor basically indicates like this slightly better version of them. Um, And then the parchment is the color that I really, really like that kind of like fits into that um, to that white category. Um, you know, other than that, if you're looking for something higher end, like the, the, the end all and be all of like a, an incredible white sneaker is from common projects. Uh, you will spend a lot of money on them, but they do go on sale and they will last forever. Um, all right. What else we got? Mitchell. Mitchell is trying to balance losing weight with buying new clothes as he kind of like transitions from his starting weight and his goal weight and like how how do you do that and continue to look good while you're doing that 
That's a tough one. I, I would say that you should basically, anything that you kind of think still looks good on you from your old wardrobe, like run with that. Because I, I don't want you to spend a bunch of money on clothes that are also going to be too big for you once you get to where you want to be. Um, you know, I, it, it could be risky, but like maybe start buying a, a few things here and there that will fit you once you, you once you're where you want to be. Uh, I mean, that could be extra motivation to kind of like help you with that last 10 pounds or whatever it may be. But, um, you know, uh, you could also refer kind of back to the, the, the things that I was talking about earlier with some of the less expensive stuff, J crew, ASOS, Everlane, um, and just pick up, you know, some basics that, that can kind of carry you through that transition. Uh, and then there's always the tailor too. If you have some pants that are going to be too big, you can go get the waist taken in shirts. You can have them slim down a little bit. And that's something that could kind of act as your, as your interim or your transition clothing as well. Um, all right. That is going to wrap it, wrap up V1 of club cool today. I I hope you enjoyed the conversation between Ross and I, uh, we're going to get uh, we're going to get V2 out very, very quickly. My next guest is going to be Will DeFreeze, who you might also be familiar with. Um, again, follow me on Instagram and Twitter. It's at Barrett Dudley. You can at me, DM me, send me an email. If you have any questions that you want to hear on this mailbag portion that we're going to do, or just hit me with some topics that you want to, that you want to hear Will and I talk about. Uh, this is on Grand X Labs right now. So again, subscribe to get the episodes as soon as they release rate five stars, leave me a nice review. And once again, please share, 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 share with friends, tweet about it, put it on your Instagram story. Um, we want to get this thing as big as possible. And I really, really appreciate it. We will see you soon.